excited to deliver this message to you all. And now today is here, and I'm so nervous. My palms are sweaty. I've been using the bathroom like seven times, so y'all bear with me. <laughs> y'all bear with me. So for those of you taking notes, the title of this message is called When Doubt Manifest. Um, I don't know about y'all. I'm so Oklahoma right now. Y'all forgive me. Do we need to turn it down? Okay. Um, when God gives me a word, a title, per se, it's a message that usually follow with that and that I don't like, and I try to rebel as much as possible. Um, he gave me this word earlier this year, and I literally, when I heard it in my spirit, I flew behind the couch, was like, why, Lord? Because we know... It's the reason why he give us something. It's the matter if we want to accept it or not. So for those of you, I'm pretty sure we all know what doubt is, but I'm going to tell you anyways, because that's how I teach. Doubt is a wavering in the mind or a lack of confidence, assurance, or complete trust in God. In other words, wavering in faith. And wavering in faith, um, you're pretty much telling God that you don't trust his promises. So when you questioning, questioning is different from doubt. When you question something, you're questioning to find answers. You're questioning to get to the root. When you doubt, you're pretty much telling God that it's another issue. I don't trust you and we need to figure something else out. It's true, because I know because that's what I did. Um, I'm pretty sure all of you know I've been on a health journey um, since I've been married to Andrew. I love my husband. I really do. But since we've been married, <laughs> but since we've been married, my health has plummeted. If you would have known me before Andrew, I was doing 5K cycling. I was trying to run a marathon, but I couldn't figure it out. And then I got married, and then my health started attacking. I knew it was already attacked from the enemy. However, how I dealt with the problem, I allowed the enemy to control my narrative. So I'm going to say this. God told me to read James back in the summertime. Because I kept asking, like, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? He said, read James. I'm like, what's James going to do? What, what, what's James going to do? I need an answer. I need it now. He said, read James. Okay. So me, Tyler, and Ayla went to Mardell's. I got a study guide. Never opened a study guide. I drive in my car, put on James. And it's playing, and I'm like, okay, so I'm playing James. What, what you want me to do? The thing is, when God tells you to read something, he wants you to read it, not listen to it, not put it on in the background. And while you cooking dinner, while you doing other stuff, he wants you to study it and process what he's saying because my healing was in James. Did I want to receive healing? Obviously, I didn't because I didn't read it. I'm just being honest with y'all. Sorry, I'm real honest. 
So I must give you this scripture. We go stay in James pretty much tonight, but we go be in some of the scriptures because it popped in my spirit. James 1 and 6, 1, 6, 8 says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of sea blown and tossed by the wind. The person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, such as a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. That's first James. When I read that, I was like, okay, Lord, you ain't talking to me. But exactly, he was talking to me. Because I'm asking him, Lord, what do I need to do with my diet? How do I need to change my diet? I heard keto. I'm like, Lord, why do I need to go on keto? Nobody want to eat keto. I'm trying to eat carbs. But the thing is, when you ask God and he tells you something, it behooves you to do it. Because if not, then you're going to end up in a ditch. I was in a ditch. When I finally did keto, I lost like 30 pounds. My hormones, everything was leveling because I followed after the Holy Ghost. It's when I came back home. I did that when I was deployed. Let me put that out there. But when I came back home, I went back to my old eating habits. I have a husband. He's probably don't want to do keto. We just doing whatever we want to do. Josiah won't McDonald's. I, I stopped doing what God told me to do that was working. And then I started to doubt what God told me to do. Lord, did you really tell me to do keto? Because it didn't work. I didn't feel the symptoms. I didn't feel like it was working like it was supposed to. I still have inflammation. I still have this. God never told me to stop. Stop. God was trying to teach me how to eat healthier in the process because I'm asking him how to eat healthy. He's trying to show me how to eat healthy. I'm the one that stepped out of his presence and out of his will. God didn't step out of it. I stepped out of it. And then while I was in Texas, I started eating a little bit better because I don't have a family to care for. Me and Andrew talking. Andrew was like, I don't know if God really told you to eat keto. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, maybe he really didn't tell me to eat keto. Let me tell y'all what Satan's job does. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. How he does that, he plants little seeds. He planted a seed of doubt in my mind. I was watering that seed because I stopped believing what God told me. God told me, girl, get your butt on keto. I'm listening to my husband. I don't know if God tell you to do that. Well, you're right. I don't think God really does that. Guess what I'm doing? I'm watering that seed. Every time he says, every time I go against what he tells me, I'm adding more water to that plant. God tells us to have faith of a mustard seed. You know why he chose a mustard seed? Because it grows 15 feet high. Imagine if you allow your faith to grow that high. I'm just saying, your faith is like this pole, because that's the best demonstration. This pole wasn't always that tall. They had to build it and put it together. And the higher it goes, it's able to cover the structure from top to bottom. Our faith is like that in our spirit realm. So by me not feeding my faith, I was feeding doubt. So Satan, he stole my hope because faith was, was the opposite of faith. Doubt. Doubt. So if I'm not feeding my faith, I'm feeding doubt. 
So with that being said, he stole my hope. He killed my faith, and I allowed him. Somewhere along the way, I allowed my thoughts to control my spiritual walk. Doubt right here, doubt starts to manifest because we've taken our eyes off from God. The Bible tells us to meditate on his word day and night. Isaiah 26 and 3, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind stayed on you because he trusts in you. Because, yeah. So, in the Bible, Drew, help me out. When y'all help me out, I'm about to struggle. God, I'm, no, I'm not. I rebuke that. God healed. No. <laughs> God healed someone, and he told him not to go back that way. Lot's wife. He said, don't go back that way. It's the same way with our healing. The reason why he tells us to meditate on his word day and night is because your mind will constantly try to go back to the broken pieces, go back to where it came from. And when you don't turn that way and you go towards God, you're healing the pieces that need to stay healed continuously. Because it's easy to fall off. The moment you take your eyes off God and you're like, Okay, Lord, I'm healed today. I'm healed. Thank God I'm healed. Tomorrow, you didn't read the chapter about healing. You didn't read the chapter about God's love. You didn't read nothing about God. You didn't listen to God's word. You over here listen to R&B, rap, whatever, taking your head off God. And next thing you know, you in a ditch. I'm broken. I'm depressed. The reason why you're broken and depressed is because you took your eyes off God. Now, where did doubt come from? I can tell you where my doubt came from. Because I allowed it to come. When I was a, I'm going to tell you a story. I was in a, it ain't no more paper, but I'm going to tell you a story. I feel like it's in my spirit to tell you. I've been in the military for 14 years. Doing the reserves, but I've been doing full-time reserves for 14 years. That's a long time. And... I went into my chief's office, and he, I told him, I said, there's no future for me in this unit. I don't know where that boldness came from. It just rose up. It's time for me to leave. There's no future for me in this unit. Before he left, he allowed me to grow in that unit. He created my career path for me before he left. And I knew it was a spiritual thing. 100% without a doubt. I knew it was a spiritual thing. Years later, some people challenged me for my position because they felt like I didn't deserve it. I'm a young black girl that's very outspoken and that will challenge you because what y'all doing is incorrect. And I'm going to tell you what you're doing is incorrect. And regardless if it's right or wrong, I'm going to tell you. And... While I was deployed, my first deployment, they took me out of my position and put someone else there who didn't know how to do her job. She, didn't, she couldn't even do her promotion. She couldn't do anything. And everyone was like, this is who y'all chose? Y'all, y'all, I said, let them have it. Let them have it. Because I was bitter about it. I'm not gonna lie. 
I was angry and I kept saying, God, you gave me this position. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gave me this and you allowed them to get it. You allowed Satan to take what was mine. But guess what? My job, my time in that unit was done. I didn't realize that until later on, but I was so angry at God that I missed the blessings that was coming to me. I was getting set up to be put in a situation, but the words that was coming out of my mouth, I hindered what was coming towards me. I put up a door. I didn't even realize I was putting up a door because I was so angry at God because of what happened to me that I couldn't allow God to do what he needed to do because I was trying to put him in a box because I was too stuck on what happened in the past. So doubt comes from the, our thoughts and we allowing our thoughts to grow. We allow our thoughts. Yes. And we don't control them because the Bible says, right, don't allow doubt in your heart. But the moment you allow doubt in your heart, you already lost, right? So we did not wake up and decide to doubt God today. You don't wake up and just be like, oh, I'm going to doubt God. I'm going to, oh, you know what, God? <laughs> not today. Not today, God. We don't do that. It's, it grows like that little plant. Yes, it grows. And when it does that, and you don't stop it, then you start doubting God, and then God is like, what you want me to do? Doubt originate, my doubt originate because I allow people and myself to tell me I was not good enough. With that being said, Miss Carolyn reminded me of this last night. Andrew was praying that he will receive a beautiful wife. Our whole time, I'm like, Andrew, why you marry me? I'm not beautiful. Do you love me? Do you really love me? Are you happy here? Are you happy with Josiah? He don't realize I was doing it. He's like, yes, baby, I love you. Yes, baby, you're my world. You're everything. You know, Andrew is over here in rainbow land, and I'm over here in doubt land. <laughs> We're not even on the same page because he's following after the Holy Ghost and I'm following after whatever I'm following after. And then, so doubt bringing his friends, anxiety, rejection, his friends. So guess what? Not only am I leaving my life, living my life off the spirit of doubt, I'm allowing a spirit of rejection, spirit of worry, spirit of everything else that come along. And I'm going to give y'all a description. We all know the description. Psalms 37, 7. Be still before the Lord and wait on him patiently. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways and carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and wrath. Do not fret. Have y'all realized how many times Psalms 37 said do not fret? I already read too. So if God's telling us do not worry, that's what fret means, why am I worrying about what God told Andrew about his wife? I'm his wife. And if God said that he found a good thing, I'm a good thing. I need to believe that I'm a good thing because I am God's daughter. 
and God wants his son to be with a good thing. So if I'm sitting here allowing my thoughts to distract me, I'm allowing Satan to win again. Think about it. Anxiety. Boom. My anxiety levels is through the roof. Oh, my gosh, I'm 300 pounds. Why, why am I 300 pounds? Lord, I need to be like 100 pounds even. God, God said my thoughts are not your thoughts. So I'm over here worrying about frugalist stuff. Lord, do I have enough money to pay this bill or do I need to go to McDonald's? Okay, I'm 300 pounds, but I still want to go to McDonald's. Forgive me, Lord. I'm going to go to McDonald's. <laughs> but I'm just being honest. So, <laughs> so with that being said, I'm worrying about things that God ain't even worried about. God's concerned about my spirit and what he called me to do. He called me to pray over the sick. Am I praying over the sick? No. No. Mm-mm. Haven't done it. Ain't done it. When was the last time I done it? He called me to reconcile his people the loss. When was the last time I reconciled some people? I'm just saying, when was the last time I done it? <laughs> so, I mean, I'm over here at God, use me, Lord. Use me. Lord, why haven't you used me? Lord, I want to be used by you. Use me, okay? You want to be used, but what you doing? On Friday night, you watching Netflix. Get off the couch, Jasmine. I'm just saying. I mean... I'm over here living in doubt because I'm not doing what I was told to do. I locked myself in a closet and I stayed in that closet when I wasn't supposed to be in that closet in the first place. If God's talking about, I want you to be free, not just healed free, mentally free, spiritually free. And what am I doing? Well, that was some crickets. Okay. That's what I was doing. But guess what? God used me when he want to use me. I didn't even realize this till the other day. I was on a job preaching to people. So I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing, but God said, I'm going to use you regardless. You being stubborn. So, okay. When people have a bad day, they come to me. And I'm like, can I talk to you about Jesus? And they're like, yeah, you can talk to me about Jesus, but I got to be careful because the military, you can, you can end up in a situation. I'm a, some people come to me with merit problems, marital problems. Do you know God? <laughs> I was about to burp, excuse me. I did a style shoot about two weeks ago. And this young gentleman, I don't know how we end up talking about God. And I said, you know, this year has been a trying year, but I came through. I don't even know how we got on the topic of God. And he looked at me, he was like, well, you know, God works in mysterious ways. That's what my grandma always say. I looked at him and said, God don't work in mysterious ways. We're too hard-headed to listen to the first time. So then he got to find another reason to tell us again. So therefore, we feel like it's mysterious, but it's really not. We just hard-headed because we don't want to listen. And at that moment, I knew what I'm supposed to do. So y'all know where I'm going to be at Friday. So... <laughs> 
I'm going to tell y'all this. Drew and I have been praying for a baby. I feel like I've been trying for four years. It's really been a year. But <laughs> actually trying. It's been a year. <laughs> and instead of trying God, I done went and found everything online. I done Googled some symptoms. I done Googled some pills. Lord, I, what do I need to do? Okay, I'm not listening. I'm going to do all this. Then I get mad at God. Lord, you said I was supposed to have a baby. I don't have a baby. Lord, you said I was healed. I'm not healed. My blood pressure high. Lord, you said this. You said that. But I'm doing everything under the sun besides God. And I'm over here Googling all this stuff. Andrew's like, stop Googling stuff. Why don't you pray about it? I am praying about it. It ain't working, so I got to help God. <laughs> God don't need my help. I think God needs my help, but God don't need my help. He didn't say, Jasmine, come sit on the throne next to me. And let's, let's help figure this out. God didn't say that. God said, sit your butt down and be still. Fret not. Worry not. What am I doing? Ooh, what is this pill good for? I'm going to see what this... Ooh, let me go to the doctor. Doctor, I think I need my blood test ran. I think I need to do this. Listen, there's nothing wrong with going to a doctor. Sometimes you may need to go to a doctor to get some extra help. I didn't need to go to a doctor to get extra help. I needed to pray and sit still. Curling came over my house and prayed over me. I was healed at that moment. God said, do you want to be healed? Yes, Lord. Do you want to be healed? Yes, Lord. Then you're healed. He touched me and healed me. Did I believe I was healed? No. Because I was walking in doubt. And that seed, I didn't pluck it from the roots. I was treating the symptoms. Sometimes we too busy treating the symptoms versus finding out the root cause of the problem and pulling it up from the roots. <laughs> so what I was doing was treating the symptoms. And so I'm healed at this moment. And so, okay, I'm good for a couple of more months. And then I'm going to keep going. A couple of more months. Keep going. Jesus, why, why this ain't working? Lord, why is this not working? It's not working because I'm not doing the Bible. The Bible says, you ask and you shall receive. And if I'm asking, I need to believe and have hope that I have received. And until that happens, it will not happen. Until I believe that God has fully healed me inside and out from my brain to my toes, from my uterus, I'm going to say that, but everything, all of that, I am healed. But until I believe that, it, I will not be healed. I cannot walk in my healing. My back was hurt. Andrew was like... How about you a massager? I don't need no massager. I need a chiropractor. No, you don't need a dang. <laughs> I was like, but my back hurts. Here comes your side. You want a massage, mom? Yeah, I need a massage. Put some icy hot on there with a heat pad. <laughs> One day I got in my spirit. I was like, Lord, why is my back hurting? He said, because you're supposed to be praying for somebody's healing. But this happened months in months. Amen. Did I do that? No. I'm looking up. 
I done reached out to a healing medium, trying to figure out how to get healed of my back, trying to figure out if my insurance covered chiropractic, trying to figure out how to put it on um, my insurance so the VA can cover it. I'm trying to figure out everything under the book besides asking God, Lord, why is my shoulder hurting so bad that I can't even move? Lord, what do I need to do to just relieve the pain? You know what I'm saying? I'm taking all kinds of aspirin to relieve the pain. I'm taking everything to relieve the pain versus saying, Lord, heal me. That is one powerful word that we forget is, Lord, heal me. Lord, touch me. So we, we may say that, but we don't have any oomph behind it. We may say, Lord, touch me, but do we really want Lord to touch us? When you're living in doubt, you don't want Lord to do anything. You're just saying it, basically, because it sounds good. You're going through the motions. Basically, what you're doing is allowing your circumstance to control your spiritual walk. And that's what I was doing, allowing my circumstance to control my spiritual walk. And my spiritual walk was weakening because I was feeding the wrong spirit. I wasn't feeding my spirit. I wasn't feeding the Holy Ghost spirit. I was feeding them demons. Then I didn't realize that until Josiah. See, you know, spirits, they jump around. Evil spirits jump around. Josiah started saying, Mom, do you really love me? Mom, why am I here? He started saying all this kind of stuff, and I didn't realize that I allowed that spirit to go to my baby. I allowed that spirit to travel to my baby. And yet, I'm too busy focusing on trying to get another baby. And the voice I heard is, how do you want to have another baby when you can't even take care of the one you got? I was hearing so many negative thoughts. And I'm just like, why am I hearing all these negative thoughts? And it was putting me in a depressive state. Remember, it was bringing his friends. So now I'm depressed. Like, how do I have another baby? And I can't even take care of my baby. My husband, my poor husband, he's struggling, dealing with me and him. But that's not what the reality of the situation was. Doubt screws your reality to make you think something that is not really there. My husband was praying over me. My husband would be like, how are you feeling? Mm-mm, can't tell you. Mm-mm, I ain't going to speak it. Pray for me. To him, he's like, why you want to pray for you? Just tell me what you feel. But I realized at some point that what I was speaking, I was thinking what I was speaking, and it was not lining up with the Bible. I couldn't relate to that to my husband because I was in a depressed state. I'm trying to figure out how to get out of this depressed state, but my husband is my partner in crime and partner in the Holy Ghost. I should have told him what I was feeling so he could pray for me out of the situation. And I wasn't doing it. That's what a husband does. A husband covers. Love covers a multitude of sin. And I wasn't allowing my husband to cover me because I wasn't sharing with him what I was going through. I was dealing with my own demons by myself thinking I'm superwoman and I can do it. But I was digging myself into a digger ditch. I'm in Shepherd a few months back. And I'm just mentally going through some things. And I was talking to my husband and it finally kicked in. If God brought me this far, why would he fail me? 
if he brought me to where I am, because I have test anxiety. I had test anxiety. I don't claim that. And I was struggling. I was so worked up about taking his test. And I'm like, God, why am I worked up about this test? He's like, I don't know why you worked up about this test. I brought you here. I'm not going to leave you. You're not in the desert. You're here with me. I'm walking alongside you. And oftentimes when we're going through our situations, we forget God is here. God is always with us, regardless if we like it or not. And I got bold enough, and I'm in the bathroom, and I was like, Satan, is that all you got? Andrew was like, why are you saying that? Because somewhere along the way, we forget who we are as Christians. And we forget our authority of who we are. And if God is calling me, like, I'm going to tell you all this. David. We know David used one of them slingshots to take out Goliath. Do we know how many times he practiced on that slingshot? We don't know how many times he practiced, but we know he practiced, and when he did it, he hit his target. Same thing with us. And if we're going to continue in this Christian walk, reading the Bible is our practice. So when we go through our circumstances, we know we have the word and we prepare. Our Bible is our weapon. And if you're not using your weapon, then what is it good for? I'm going to just put it to y'all like this. I'm going to go back to the story with the pregnancy. I kept blaming myself. First, I blamed Drew. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. I blamed my husband. I was like, baby, you're the reason why we ain't getting pregnant. You're the reason. I didn't got pregnant once. I can get pregnant again. <laughs> Josiah. So I'm just blaming him. Andrew, you're the reason. You're the reason. We go to the doctor. Andrew wasn't the reason. He proved me wrong. He wasn't a reason at all. Andrew's perfectly fine, perfectly healthy. So I was like, it's me. I'm the problem. I'm, I'm the reason. I'm the reason. Mind you, Carolyn already prayed for me. She already prayed for my healing. I supposedly received my healing. However, I'm right here. Yeah, I'm the reason. I'm the reason. I can't get pregnant. Maybe we need to adopt. Maybe we need a surrogate mother. Andrew, I know your cousin did a surrogate. See, maybe we could do that. Well, Julie and them got pregnant off insemination. Maybe I can do insemination. Uh, what other things that I can do? And I'm just like, Lord, what can I do to get pregnant? You promised me a baby, and now I want a baby. How can I get this baby? The Lord is like, first off, you ain't done what you were supposed to do about your diet. Second off, what are you speaking? You need to control your mouth. Did I like God telling me to control my mouth? Nope. I did not. Because what I was saying wasn't matching up with the Bible. And then I'm getting mad at my husband. My husband ain't got nothing to do with my mouth. I was the one that was speaking it. So, therefore, I'm still looking up all kind of stuff. Journals, meditation, sage, whatever. Trying to figure out how to get pregnant. <laughs> I'm like, is there a a book on how to get pregnant, because I'm failing right now. I'm like not doing it. After all that, I went to bed stressed out and worried. I woke up exactly at 3.14. And I'm like, okay, I'm up at 3.14, this means something. That's what the world tells you in a way. 
started reading my Bible, I stumbled on Exodus 314. Because I'm like 314. When I read that 314, 314. When God was talking to Moses and was trying to figure out how to, when Moses, Moses was trying to figure out how to introduce God, he asked, How do I introduce you? He yelled, I am who I am. And I was like, what does that even mean? I am who I am? How do I how you introduce somebody as I am who I am? I closed the book and I prayed. I'm like, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? And I heard his voice. I am who I am. It was like a thundercloud. I'm in my bed under the sheets, like, scared, thinking God's about to come down and slap me a couple of times. I'm looking at my husband. He's sound asleep, snoring, having a good sleep. And I'm sitting there scared. I was shaking. And I was so shaken because I allowed myself to get away from God's word. And so hearing his voice startled me. And I'm like, I miss hearing his voice. But it scared me because I'm like, I've been away from his voice for so long that I miss it and it scared me. I never want to be in a situation where his voice scares me. I want to be in a situation where his voice brings me comfort. But instead, I put myself in conviction because of what I was going through. Then I asked Pastor Ziggy, Pastor Ziggy, I had a dream. And then da 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 And God said, I am who I am. He said, okay, and he is who he is. I am who I am. I said, but what does that mean? I am who I am. And I'm like, okay, God, okay. What are you trying to tell me? But the thing is, I'm too busy questioning God and doubting God instead of allowing God to work in my life like he's trying to work in my life. I'm too busy doing other things, being busy, toiling, and not doing what God told me to do. So months go by. Months, 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 months. Crickets. I'm expecting God to come down and give me A, B, C, D, E, the whole alphabet. This is how I want you to do. do, 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 do. That's not how God operates. That's not how I operate. Andrew asked me a question. I'm so cryptic with Andrew. Very short, simple, sweet. Boom. Then I'm getting mad at God because he's the same way. I'm expecting God to give me a whole sentence, but I don't even do that to my husband. That's contradicting within itself. Then I'm on TikTok, and I found something called a shadow journal. And I was like, oh, maybe I need to buy this journal. Maybe I need to write out my problems so we can dissect my problems and figure out what's going on with me. I heard the voice loud and clear said, stop. I'm like, what do I need to stop? What are we stopping? God says, stop. You don't need to bring up no shadow. What? You know what shadows are? Shadows are in the ground. They come, they, it's your shadow. There's no light in a shadow. There's no godliness in a shadow. That's why it's a shadow. And I'm trying to bring up the shadow. Ain't no telling what else I'm gonna pull up with that. So I had to stop at that moment. I was like, okay, Lord, I'm doing way too much. <laughs> what you say? <laughs> so that's when he told me to study James again 
He said, study James. This is like the fifth time I heard him say study James. Did I study James? Yes, I did at that moment. I opened up my Bible, and that's when we came up to James 1, 6, and 8. But when you ask, you believe and not doubt. I had to step away, drive back to Michael's, because y'all know Michael's is my store. I had to drive to Michael's, and I had to pray, Lord, forgive me for doubting you. Lord, forgive me for doubting what you're trying to do in my life. And then I felt the need to pray over the spirits that I felt like I entered, that I allowed enter in my life, trying to do all this random stuff versus going to the Holy Spirit in the first place. And that moment hit me, you need to pray over your husband and you need to pray over your son because them spirits been bouncing around all in that house. So when I did that, I felt free. The freedom that I was looking for and searching for all along was in that prayer. It was in these scriptures because I was too stubborn to read them. But that was on me. I started playing more of God. I used to listen to Stephen Furtick, Michael Todd, all these new people, and God was like, stop listening to them. You can no longer listen to them. Mind you, they may be preaching about good stuff. They may be talking about something good. However, it wasn't feeding my soul. It wasn't feeding me. So instead of me listening to all these people, I had to put on the Bible. I had to find some spiritual affirmations. I had to bring myself back up to where I should be. Instead, I was somewhere else. So I'm having a, okay, Lord, what's your body, what's your words say about healing? Okay, let me Google. Okay, pull up my Bible. Okay, here we go. Searching in the Bible. What's your words say about worry? Oh, that's a lot to say about worry. I'm just going to put that out there. However, how you going to fight these battles if you don't know what the Bible says? I'm at work, and I started my cycle, and I was upset. I was angry, and I was mad. And then I heard the Lord say, what's the Bible say about infertility? How many women that was infertile that had a baby? God asked me that. He said, write a scripture down and put it on your, Bible, on, on, on your desk. It's still on my desk, big, bold, black letters. Every time somebody comes, they're reading it. Yeah, read it. Read it. Because my womb give home to several children. I'm just telling y'all, you know why? Because the Bible says so. And if God put it in his word, it applies to me. We too busy talking about, ooh, it's 2023. The Bible doesn't know what we're going through. The Bible knows everything that we're going through, front and back, left and right. And we're too busy stuck in our situation to understand what God was saying in the first place. They have so many different versions. If you don't understand King James, read the New Translation. If you don't understand the New Translation, read the Christian Standard Version. There are so many translations to get Jesus' point across. And if y'all don't believe me, we can go to some scriptures. I was letting my doubt turn into unbelief. That moment in my car is when I broke it. God has always been trying to get to me, but I allowed my mind to go somewhere else. And if y'all listen back, every time Pastor Ziggy prayed over me, he prayed over my mind. 
it's always been about my mind because I let my mind go left, right, middle, everywhere instead of on Jesus. And when we do that, you will end up in a ditch. And how to get yourself out of a ditch is keeping your mind on Jesus. A lot of people say, Lord, use me, use me, until they, they don't understand what that comes with. It comes with a heavy load, and you got to be mentally ready for what's coming. And a lot of us aren't. And I don't want to be at the end times, because we're at the end times, and I don't want to be like, Lord, why you didn't? I could have saved all these people. Well, you didn't because you were too busy focusing on something else that you wouldn't have been focusing on. And that's the road that I have been headed down. Even sitting on the pastor's E. Even going to outreaches when I was going. And doing all these things. I wasn't doing what God asked me to do. I don't want to be that person that's like, Lord, you could have used me more. No, I couldn't because you blocked yourself off. And that's pretty much where we were going. I'm going to put it to you like this. With every transition, there's a preparation. Take doctors. When they get ready to go into surgery to do a heart transplant, they have to prepare. They have to prepare the body. They have to prepare the organs. You can't just go in and cut it up and do what you need to do. You got to sterilize. You got to make sure it's a match. You got to do all these things. It's the same way in our spirit realm. We can't just go straight to battle and think I'm going to win. You can't just run out there, okay, I'm going to fight David. I'm going to fight Goliath. When you have no weapon. That's basically what doubt was doing. Doubt was stealing my weapon. It was stealing everything that I was preparing because I took my mind off God. And I can't even preach to my son because I wasn't doing the Bible and I felt like a hypocrite. Son, you should respect your parents. Are you respecting God? That's kind of how I felt. So with that, I started. So as I was reading James, I stumbled on James 3. If y'all haven't read James 3, y'all should probably read the whole chapter. I'm going to just leave y'all with that. I asked God, what did he want me to do about my pregnancy and my baby? His response was, I am your rock. I wanted God to give me a whole paragraph like, I, like we do. We want God to give us a whole outline. However... That wasn't his response. His response, again, was, I am your rock. And I'm like, Lord, what does that even mean, you my rock? I know you my rock. What is that? What do you mean? I called Pastor Shanika. She, <sighs> I asked, I just talked to her because I felt like everybody else was busy. And I'm like, Pastor Shanika, I heard the Lord say, I'm your rock. And I want to have a baby. I don't know if I want to do it naturally or do the procedure. She was like, what do you want to do? I want to do it naturally. I want to do it naturally. Okay, okay, go do it naturally. Next thing I know, I made an appointment to go do, it, go do a procedure. 
So what does my word, what does my word mean? If I ain't even listening to my word. So I went to the appointment, didn't work. And my spirit already told me, if you go this route, it's gonna be a lot of money. But it's quick and easy. If you go this route, it's gonna be a lot of money. I was listening to Pastor Sneaker. She said, either way, it's gonna be a miracle. The doctors can do a miracle this way, the doctors can do a miracle this way. But my spirit was already telling me, no, you want to do a natural because it's a bigger testimony when you do a natural. God healed your body. God healed your blood pressure, healed you from PCOS, and boom, you have a baby. You hear a lot of people on pills, all this kind of stuff, get pregnant. I've been on all those pills. It ain't worked. It don't work for everybody. It didn't work for me. It didn't work for me because God said, that's not what I want you to do. So therefore, I'm over here still toiling, doing whatever I want to do, not asking God, God, why is this not working? It's not working because you didn't do what I tell you to do. I told you to read the word. I told you to read the word about how many women in the Bible got pregnant and that was infertile. I read about one or two. God is like, what are you doing? This is something that you need to keep reading. And not just one time. This is something you got to meditate on. Meditate on his word day and night. I was like a broken leg. I'm still trying to walk on my leg and it's broken. <laughs> it didn't work at all. I can tell y'all that now. It didn't work. It didn't work because in my heart, I wanted something bigger. I wanted something that no man can give me. I wanted something that only God can give me. So therefore, I'm asking for a procedure that I wasted money on. I wasted so much money trying to fix my body versus doing what God told me to do, which is free. So we too busy, like, I had a hypothyroidism, and I'm taking all these medications, iodine, thyroid pills, trying to look up random stuff. Oh, maybe I need to eat some nuts. Am I allergic to these nuts? Maybe I'm going to need to eat them anyways. <laughs> God is like, stop. Stop. What are you doing? Are you believing scriptures about healing? Or are you still trying to heal yourself? We're talking about doubt. So if we read in his word, we got to believe it through and through. Not only certain parts when it applies, and it's hard. I can tell you firsthand it's hard. It is so hard. Today I almost came in here with some sweatpants and a sweatshirt. God is like, girl, get yourself together. <laughs> God will talk to you if you listen. He will, direct, he will direct all your steps if you allow him to. When I was a new, new, new Christian, new I used to wake up and be like, Lord, what kind, of, what kind of shirt do you want me to wear today? How do you want me to dress today? Lord, what do I need to do? But I, was, I didn't realize I was preparing myself to hear his voice. I was situating myself to be in his presence, and I didn't want to look like a streetwalker. I, <laughs> I wanted to be who God called me to be, and I want to present that image to you. So I was about to come in here with some sweatpants and a sweatshirt, comfortable because it's cold outside. God said, no, no, 
girl, if you don't dress up like you be going to a wedding, you dress up for them, but you can't dress up for me. I heard them loud and clear at that. I was like, okay, let me go put on a little makeup. <laughs> I didn't doubt his word at that moment. See, when you get past the doubt, the depression, the rejection, and all his friends, the anxiety, then you will understand God only wants the best for us. He wants the best for us, and we don't know what that may look like, and it may be scary because our best is not his best. So you got to be willing and accepting. And I know God's been helping me with my attitude because I'll be ready to go off. I'll just be ready. God is like, don't talk to your husband like that. Don't talk to your husband like that. He had me read Proverbs. I don't want to read Proverbs because I knew what Proverbs was about. It's about some wisdom. <laughs> and I was like, nah, Lord, if I don't read it, I don't know. <laughs> nope, we ain't doing it. But guess what? He teach you how to talk to people. He teach you how to treat people. I can't treat people nice and be mean to my husband. Be like, baby, I just want to choke you. That ain't how it go. And then I expect him to love me. Yeah, you go love me regardless, even though I want to choke you. That's not how it goes. That's not love. Love covers a multitude of sins. That don't mean you got to be ugly. I, God has to teach me. You need to be kind to yourself and you need to be kind to your husband. And then you're teaching your child how to be in a relationship. And I didn't even realize that. Because Josiah got both our attitudes, and I'd just be like, oh, Jesus, help us. But when you're not living in doubt and when you're not living in rejection, you're able to see what God is doing. I didn't realize God was shaping me to be the wife that Andrew needed. I'm praying for God, for Andrew to be the husband I need. I ain't praying to be the wife he needs. I'm praying so... I, he, he my great thing. That's what I'm praying for. But God is like, no, this is what we go do. You praying for him and I'm going to fix you. Did I want that? No, because I thought I was perfect. Unblemished. <laughs> you couldn't tell me nothing. I'm perfect. I'm at home getting mad at my husband. Oh, he don't clean up after himself. Why he don't clean up after himself? God is like, when would you clean up? So we're talking about the tongue, right? So with that being said, what are you speaking? You're talking about spouse, friends. Are you speaking word, the things of God to them? Are you treating them the way you want to be treated? Or are you just trying to run over them and think that they're supposed to accept it? Because we Christians today, not tomorrow. I'm just saying. God was showing me me. When I started praying, Lord, teach me how to control my tongue, okay? I'm going to teach you. You ain't going to like it. I'll be at work. Shut up, Jasmine. Shut up. Don't you say that. Don't you say that. God be like, don't you say that. And I'll be like, I'm not going to say that. I'll be literally going through a battle out loud <laughs> at work. And then people will be like, why is she talking to herself? Because you don't want me to say what I want to say. So we praying for God to control my tongue. And if I'm going to control my tongue, I need to control my tongue actively and not when it's convenient, not let cuss words slip, not let ugly things slip. And then be like, praise you, Jesus. Because James 3 talk about that. Y'all have a foul tongue and then want to turn around and praise me. I can pull it up. 
I'm gonna pull it up. With tongues, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings. We have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praises and cursings. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow in the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives and grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. That's dreams three and nine. So as I was reading it, I'm like, oh, I'm spilling out all kinds of salt water. We know we want fresh springs. I want I want fresh water. I want to be living waters. I want to be an example. I don't even know where this came from because at one point I was like, I don't care what people think about me. They can see me on Facebook. Blah 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 blah. All of a sudden, that changed. This year, that changed. I need to start being a presentable image who God called me to be. At first I was scared, Lord, I don't wanna be, I don't wanna be doing all this stuff because people in the military may see me and I don't want them to see me. I don't wanna do this because these people know me in the military. Guess what? Whoever I am in the military, I should be in church. Whoever I am on a job, I should be in church, in church, out of church. I don't need to be going to church and acting a fool and then showing my true colors and then turn around and be like, well, God, you still, you know, you still love me. If I don't act a fool in church, I can't act a fool at church at home. I can't act a fool anywhere else if I don't do it in church. We think God is only here because it's church. God ain't only here. God's everywhere. He sees what you're doing regardless if you want to believe it or not. Regardless of what you think he, you, he hearing or not, he still see it. So I don't know why we act all sanctified on Sunday and then Monday we act a fool. That's what I was doing. And then God was teaching me, girl, if you want to be an influence, if you want to be anything Christian-like, you need to get yourself together. Did I want to? No. But I had to. And that included speaking healing over myself, speaking kindness to myself, loving myself. Because how can I love anybody else if I'm not doing it to myself? So God was teaching me to do that to myself and to people. I'm going to leave y'all with this. We have been learning about supernatural increase through Pastor Ziggy. And it, supernatural increase can come in any form. Something is just financially. But it's really not. Oh, I forgot to tell you about that. I doubt it hearing God's voice. Before I get to my clothes, I'm going to tell you, I doubt it hearing God's voice. Because I was like, why would God talk to me? Why would he talk to me? I'm just a little old nobody. I'm five foot two. Why would he talk to me? Like I said, God's thought is not our thoughts. He want to talk to every single one of his children. He want to have a relationship with every one of his children, regardless if we believe it or not. It's the matter of if we're going to open up ourselves and allow him to have that talk. So I'm going to get back to supernatural increase. It comes in any form. And if you feel like you're not moving forward, it's time to analyze why you're not moving forward. 
to receive your supernatural increase. Some may be spinning their wheels. Some may be going around in circles. But God is waiting for each and every one of us to just pull up the roots of whatever our problem is and just hand it over to him and let it go and just be done with it. Instead of pulling up and fixing the symptoms. God's tired of us fixing the symptoms. He's tired of us going around in circles. God's probably hurting, like, why? My children, why? It's like a parent when a child scraped their knee. We feel for them. God feels for us because he loves us. So one, I want you to end up, if you're dealing with doubt, rejection, anxiety, anything, I want you to identify why, what it is, take it to God. Figure out that's between y'all and God. Identify it, pull it up from the root. And go back to the last thing that God told you. Whatever the last thing was, go back to what he told you. The last thing that God told me was read James 3. And I couldn't move forward until I read James 3 because my healing was in James, not James 3, James all around. My healing was in James 1, 2, 3, and 4. So go back to the last thing that God told you. And be still and fret not. And I'm going to ask y'all, are y'all facilitating what God is asking you for? If you're not, fix it. And with that, I am complete.